This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanc St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Folks, come and eat cake and make some tea and coffee. <laughs> Keep going, otherwise I have to take all the home. <laughs> or somebody has to, it doesn't have to be me. <laughs> somebody can take it home. Good stuff. Um, okay, so this evening I just um, want to sort of just take a little look at the Gospels. Um, and how much, I don't know how much we know about the Gospels exactly in terms of who they were written for or the audience they were written for or when they were written, um, the difference between the Gospels. I don't know if you like me, but sometimes you hear people do say, oh, well, why is it that the Bible contradicts itself? So you look at different um, things in the Gospels and there seems to be a contradiction. And hopefully tonight, by just looking at the different aspects of the Gospels, you'll see that actually it's not, there's no contradiction at all within what they're saying, but they're just saying it in a different way. Or, um, so we'll dive a little bit deeper into that, which will be good. Um, there is a bit of audience participation, <laughs> because, you know, there has to be. So um, <laughs> I would like you to, like, uh, just chat to one another um, in a little bit when I ask you to. Um, there's some pens there if you want to make some notes. Uh, I am going to ask you to do a little activity in a moment that you can work together, so don't worry, I'm not testing you <laughs> or your knowledge. Um, but before we just dive a little bit deeper into uh, the Gospels, should we just pray together and, um, uh, and, and then we'll get started. <coughs> Father God, I just thank you um, that we can gather here this evening together. Uh, Lord, I just thank you that we um, have the freedom to meet and the freedom to look at your word uh, and to read it and just to see how it impacts our lives and how it transforms us and changes us. Um, and Lord, that's so exciting to be able to come to your scriptures to see um, what you have for us and what's written for us. And uh, Lord, I pray that tonight that we would just take something new away um, from this evening, that we'll be challenged again, we'll be encouraged again, we'll see something new of who you are and your nature again to us. And it would just equip us and give us confidence again in you. So uh, I just pray that you might anoint this evening in your mighty name. Amen. Okay, so this is where you need to grab a pen um, and a little piece of paper that's on the uh, table in front of you. Okay. And you can work together in twos, perhaps, or threes. Someone who looks brainy. <laughs> and um, I'm going to give you a little ten questions, little quiz questions on the Gospels. See how much we know. I'm not going to ask you for your answers after, I'm just going to show you the answers so that you can see. Um, whether, what you've got. Okay, so uh, I'm just going to put all the first five questions up there, have a little look at those, um, and see if you can just write down the answers to those first five questions for me. Okay, so which is the shortest gospel? Which gospel writer was adopted by trade? Which gospel is the only gospel believed to be written by a non-Jew? Which two gospels mention the birth of Christ? When deciding which four Gospels to choose in the canon, the early church fathers used which of the following criteria? Okay, so have a little, have a little look and see what you think. Just jot down your answers, and then I'll show you the answers afterwards. So don't worry, I'm not going to like ask you for your scores. 
Are we ready for the next five? John, how are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shall I say the next five? Are we all right? Which question? Number five. Like when deciding when they came to put the Bible together to produce the canon, how did they decide which Gospels would go into the Bible? So, as you know, because sometimes we hear that there's other Gospels around that didn't make it into the Bible. So how did they decide that those that we have actually made it into the Bible? Was it because of, you know, the fact that everybody accepted it? Was it that it was used already, like, by Christians, liturgical use? Or did it have some, was it connected to an apostle? Not that it was written by an apostle, but did it have apostles' teachings within it? Or was it all of those things? So obviously, we don't think about that much, do we, about how the Bible, the New Testament, was actually formed. But our church fathers did have to sit down and decide what was going to be included in it. And um, so they had to find a way of saying, okay, how does it make it into the Bible? Okay, so all about these ones. What is the only gospel that mentions Christ assigning the care of his mother to one of his disciples, the disciple whom he loved at the crucifixion? You know, just, I don't know if you know that one. Which gospel is believed to have been written first out of the four? Which gospel writer is thought to have had his account from the disciple Peter? Okay, so who was influenced by Peter? Why might the gospels have been written down in the first place? Was it all of these things below? Or the contemporaries of Jesus were dying out? Jesus did not appear to be returning soon. Heresies about Jesus were arising. And out of the four Gospels, which Gospel is the most different to the others? So which is not one of the synoptic Gospels? Three of them are synoptic, meaning they're similar. Which one was the different one? If you like me in a multiple choice test, just put like Mark for all of them and you're bound to get <laughs> Or just put John for all of them and... You pick up some points. Shall we look at the answers and see how we did? Okay. Right, it's a bit smaller now, but which, are the sh- which is the shortest gospel? Gospel of Mark? Did we get that one? Gospel writers adopted by trade Luke? Uh, only gospel written by a non Jew? Luke? Have we got that one? Which uh, two gospels mention the birth of Christ? It's Matthew and Luke. When deciding the four Gospels to go into the Bible, what criteria was used? Actually, all of those different things were looked at. How widely they were used, the universal acceptance. Were they used already by Christians? Did it have some connection to the Apostles? Was the only Gospel that mentions Christ saying to his, um, the disciple to look after his mother? That was John. <laughs> Which Gospel is believed to have been written first? Is actually Mark's Gospel. So it's not actually in order of... Uh, which gospel writer is to have had his account from the disciple Peter? That's Mark as well. So Mark got a lot of his info from Peter. Why might the gospels written down? Well, all of those things really, because all they would have kept up the um, the stories through all tradition, thinking that Jesus was returning very soon. But actually, um, obviously, as people, the contemporaries of Jesus were dying out. Jesus wasn't didn't seem to be returning anytime soon, and heresies about Jesus were arising. So. They needed to get it written down, so that's why they, were, they started writing it down rather than just carried on the old tradition. And out of the four Gospels, which one is the most different? It's John. How do we do? Okay. 
Anyone get 10 out of 10? <laughs> well, you don't count. <laughs> You're not allowed. <laughs> okay, very good. Okay, well, it gives us a little bit of background. And, and um, you know, as I was doing this and researching again, there's things I, things I knew but had forgotten. Like, if someone had asked me that before I did this evening, I would have been like, oh, yeah, no, I can't remember that. I didn't know that. Um, let's look a little bit further then, and I'll just um, go through a few things with you. Okay, so, um, like I said before... In terms of the Gospels, the first three Gospels are called the Synoptic Gospels, which, of course, you may have well known that already. But the reason why is because they're much more similar. Like I said before, John is the one that stands out as a different one to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Okay, so they're similar in in content and similar in the um, chronological order, etc. Okay, so we call those the Synoptic Gospels. When we're looking at um, who we think wrote them, there is controversy around the, the, um, the authors of the Gospels, it's not agreed by everybody um, that these people wrote them, but it's kind of thought, tradition, um, that Matthew was written by Matthew, (laughs) and John, the beloved disciple, uh, and and then Mark's Gospel was written by uh, Mark, but having the influence of Peter, and then Luke, who was a travelling companion of Paul. Okay, so, um, and then when were they written? approximately again we don't know the exact dates of every single gospel but around 55 AD to 90 AD and the first gospel is thought to be Mark the reason why people think that is because Mark seems to be the source gospel so in other words um, Matthew, Luke and John look to Mark to, to take their information and put them in their gospel so Mark seems to be the first one that was written as the source for the others as well okay um, when you're thinking about the Gospels, and this is what I said to you about before, is some people go, oh, well, it seems to be like a contradiction between this story and that story. They're different. There's a different account. But actually, I think of it a little bit like this, um, almost like four different paintings by um, different painters bringing different aspects of Jesus' life to us. Um, and so each Gospel writer is trying to highlight something different, a different part of Jesus' nature for us to see. And so they do that in a different way. So the stories might seem different, um, but actually it's only because they're highlighting different aspects or different features. So it's like four distinct portraits of Jesus. So let's have a little look at Matthew, first of all. Matthew um, was writing for a particular audience. He was writing for a Jewish audience. Okay, and so when we look at a lot of Matthew's, um, you know, when we look at Matthew's writings, we have to think of this and bear this in mind. So that actually what Matthew is trying to do is he's trying to prove to the Jews that Jesus is the Messiah that they've been waiting for. So he's trying to say, look, this is the person that was talked about and prophesied about in the Old Testament. Okay, so he's writing to the Jews. And so he's going to try and, in his writing, show that in some way. So with the person next to you, I want you to have a little chat and think, if this was your audience, okay, the Jews, how would you go about, what kind of things would you do um, when writing your gospel. Okay, think about what you would be highlighting, what you would be including if the Jews were your audience. Okay, so just have a little chat amongst yourselves. They're trying, he, Matthew's trying to show that Jesus is the Messiah, okay, that they're waiting for. So how would we go about perhaps looking at that? Yeah, have a little chat first <laughs> and then I'll ask for the floor. <laughs> You have to kind of keep them in order. <laughs> a 
Okay, folks, so what would we do if we were writing to the Jews? What would, what would we write about? What would we be doing? They were looking at the Jewish writings. Yes. And, and what they discussed, what they spoke about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they'd be using the Jewish writings and what, what was important to the Jewish people, what they spoke about, what, yeah, what they did. All of those things would be included in the Gospel, yeah. similar stuff to what I had done. Um, <coughs> in Matthew, it's found only in Matthew, um, the kingdom of heaven is used 32 times. So what Matthew is trying to do is saying, look, this is Jesus, he's the Messiah, he's the coming king that you've been waiting for. And so just as you said, absolutely, they, Matthew as a writer is going to be um, pulling on the Old Testament prophecies um, that were written about. So if we have a little quick look, um, the Old Testament is quoted 41 times. Okay, in Matthew, um, and well, fulfilled prophecy. And uh, out of the 41, um, 37 carry this um, idea, the, the formula that it might be fulfilled. Okay, so now I'm not going to um, major on all of these, but if you just take a quick look, these are just some of them. So the different things that have been prophesied in the Old Testament um, are then written about in Matthew. And I think the, it kind of blows my mind this, because I think I forget this sometimes when I'm reading. Um, the Gospels, just how amazing that actually is, that all those hundreds of years um, previously these prophecies were, were written about. Um, and there's no denying that that was written about back then. And then here's the fulfilment now of these uh, prophecies. So, I mean, I could just go through the list. We're not going to go through them all, but they're there um, for us to see. So in different places in the Old Testament, Matthew picks up on those because he wants the Jewish audience to be able to see this is your Messiah, this is the, the coming king. Like I said, these are just a few of them. But I, I think that's pretty amazing. Um, and as Richard, you were saying as well, not only would, it, would Matthew be writing with the Old Testament prophecies, but he'd be looking at this, anything that was a concern to the Jews at the time. So the Jewish traditions, things about the law, teachings of the law, um, the authority of the scribes and the Pharisees, um, to be uh, respected. All of those things would have been included, or are included in Matthew's uh, Gospel. And any Jewish custom that you read about doesn't have to be explained. So when we look at the other Gospels, if they do happen to write about a Jewish traditional custom, they'll have to explain it because they're writing to a different audience. When you look in Matthew, of course, it's just assumed that they would know because he was writing to them. Um, I'm sure you guys were talking about this, the genealogy as well would have been in there in Matthews because it would have been important for them to see Jesus' connection to the um, Old Testament characters as well. Okay, so that's a little bit of Matthew. Um, Mark, Mark was writing more for the Romans. Okay, so this might be a bit more tricky, but have a little think. Um, if you were Mark and you were writing your Gospel for the Romans, what would you be writing about or not writing about perhaps? Okay, what would you be putting in your gospel if it was a Roman audience that you were looking at? Have a little think. It might be a bit harder, but just talk, turn to the person next to you and have a think. Or what would you not put in, perhaps? Okay, anything about anything what we, that we would think about for a Roman audience? 
what people were they? Yep. And, their, and their knowledge of that, or what are you talking to a, a highly educated audience or a, a normal crowd? Yeah. Um, that thing. that might be the thing. Then, uh, how many much noise was about? And what people would come up with questions, and, and that they could try to estimate. Yeah. 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 Absolutely, we were saying that over there, weren't we? Um, you were saying about having it to the point, and I was like, no faffing around. <laughs> yeah, just making it concise and a bit more action-packed, and maybe that's why it's a bit shorter as well. Yep. Anything else? Similar stuff. Um, yeah, and I, I put here, okay, some of, some of the things that Mark wouldn't have and wouldn't be concerned about, and this is exactly why he'd be much more to the point and um, just get what's needed down there, rather than going into long, uh, the genealogy of, of Christ wasn't needed, there's no nativity story in there, um, any Old Testament references are scarce, it's not like Matthew, which is full of them, the long teachings from Jesus aren't in there again, um, because the Romans would be more impressed uh, not with a God who could teach, but one who performed miracles. So Mark is more about, you know, showing Jesus as, um, you know, powerful and, and doing miracles. So um, some of the things there, again, just a few to, <laughs> to have a little look at there, about um, some of the miracles that Jesus did, but that's what would have impressed the Romans. It wasn't about the fulfilment of Old Testament prophecies, because to them that wasn't a major issue. Okay, so that's why Mark was writing more. Um, about what Jesus did, the actions of Jesus. Okay. Luke, then, if we have a little quick look at Luke. Like I said, he was a Gentile, so Luke was not, not a Jewish writer, um, and he was writing again for a Gentile audience. Um, so if you were writing for a Gentile audience of not just the Romans now, but all people, what might you put into your gospel? Okay, if you were thinking, right, I'm not just writing for the Jews. I'm not just writing for the Romans, but I'm writing for everybody. Um, so the Gentiles and non-Jews. What would I put in? Just chat to the person next to you. What would your gospel look like if you were writing to the Gentiles? Okay, what would we put in? Gospel to the Gentiles. Yep, about because. Yeah. Yeah. Universal. Yeah. It was very yeah. Look at the docs. It would be very factual, and he would write it, write it in, in detail, and, and document it well, like a, almost like a history book. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking to the more educated people. Presume then there was something people couldn't write. People couldn't write, you say? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But if if yeah, I suppose yeah, and I suppose thinking of future as well, future audiences. Yeah, future people who could read. also as well um, let me just swing on um, but I think 
the emphasis when we're looking at the Gospel of Luke is that, like I said, that Jesus was, yes, Jesus was God for the Jews, but now we have Jesus who is for the Gentiles as well. And this, this idea of grace and mercy and love and forgiveness for everybody, for all people, irrespective of who you are or whatever your background. So um, the different, Luke really majors on the kind of what were class as outcasts of society back then. So you have the stories of um, the lepers or the prostitutes, sinners, tax collectors, Samaritans. Luke majors on these people groups to say, look, the gospel is for all people. Um, so unique to Luke and not found in any other gospel is like the, so the story of the prodigal son, for example, which is a really well-known parable, isn't it? But um, he, he's chosen to put that in so that actually the audience can see, you know, God welcomes all people. Or the story of the prostitute washing Jesus' feet with her tears. Um, Zacchaeus, tax collector, the good Samaritan, really well known, or the ten lepers story. All these things happen. It always amazes me because I always think to myself, okay, well, how much other stuff do we just, we just don't know, do we, that wasn't put into the Gospels? There's so much, so much that other stuff that happened, but it wasn't put in. Um, you know, if Luke hadn't written, we wouldn't have that because the others didn't put it in. And, always amazes me that um, but Luke's gospel yeah is one of Jesus is for everybody and these stories highlight that and, and what he's chosen to put in highlights that as well that God's grace is for everybody okay um, so that leaves us with our final one which is John and 93% of the content in John is not found in the other three gospels that's why I was saying it's set apart from the other three um, but John was writing more to a general audience and he wanted to persuade people that Jesus was God Okay, um, he wanted to emphasise the fact that Jesus was part of the Godhead. And so just thinking now, maybe not so much maybe about your audience, but let's just think about the purpose for a moment of what John was trying to do. John's trying to say to everybody, look, Jesus is God. Take a few moments with the person next to you and just think about that. If that was your purpose, what are you going to highlight and illustrate in your gospel? Okay, so the audience is kind of for everyone, so that's kind of everything that we've been talking about could go in there. But now if your purpose is to say, okay, Jesus is God, I want to show that, what might you include in your gospel? Off you go. Okay, Jesus, Son of God, what would we, what would we be majoring on? In the Sorry, in the beginning, in the beginning. Yeah. 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 Absolutely, that lovely little like logos, you know, in the beginning was the word, yeah, um, and the word was God, yeah. That absolutely, um, a major on that idea, yeah. Yeah. He does images on that. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And also, so that's all about proving that God came to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, you've got John three sixteen in there, which God said on the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's talking about that a lot, right through that book. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So that it's not just the miracle itself. No. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we're going to come on to that now, actually. Um, so, yeah, John is not concerned with the order of events. So when you read John's Gospel, you'll see things are in a different order because that, he's not really bothered about that. So if you're trying to look at the chronological order of what Jesus did, it doesn't, it doesn't matter so much to John. So he start, he's placed different things in different positions to try and highlight different aspects to show that Jesus is God or Jesus is the Son of God. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I just put a few different things there. But we've got the self-revelation of Jesus as the Son of God. It's much more evident in John than it is in the other three synoptic Gospels. Um, and then we've got the idea here in John uh, 20, where it says his desire to help others believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Um, so this is what John is trying to do all the time to show us this. So in Luke, you might have Jesus, more like baby of Bethlehem. But in John, you've got the only begotten of the Father, um, so he's trying to show this. Matthew's trying to show that Jesus is the coming one, whereas um, John is trying to show that you know Jesus is the Lamb of God. And he focuses on the I am statements. So um, in the Gospel of John, you've got the absolute I am, where you know he says I am, but then you've got the metaphorical ones as well. I am the bread of life, the light of the world, all these things. Um, and of course, that highlights you know Jesus's authority as well. When, um, you know, go back to the Old Testament when God said, you know, who, se- who sent you? I am. Just say I am. Who sent you? It's a bit chilly, isn't it? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and then this is what, John, you were talking about here, about the miracles that are placed within John's Gospel. Um, so they're often titled the seven signs because he's purposely chosen these seven to place into his gospel because they actually show, each of them shows us something about the person of Christ. So again, I want you to just turn to the person next to you and have a think about these seven, why is it that John has decided to put these seven miracles accounts into his gospel? He's done it purposely. As, as we said before, it's, it's not just random miracles, but John's decided to put these seven in to show something about the person and nature of Christ. So have a little chat to the person next to you. What is it? Why has he chosen these seven things, do you think? What is it that it displays about Christ's nature? Okay, what do we think then? Um, so these are the seven different different things. Um, any ideas about any of them? About what they might show? Aspects of Christ's nature? The changing water to wine shows the establishment of Jesus to bring the old, I the old religion, bringing in the new wine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hadn't really thought of it like that, but yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, any others? Yeah, that's good, yeah. It's kinda like I don't I don't need to I have authority. <laughs> I can be I can be at a distance and still heal, yeah. Um, I think that's important, and, and you're right to bring out that idea about the dis- like it's for all people, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yeah. Anything else about the others? Or? Power over death, authority over death, raising the Lazarus. Yeah, authority over death. Yep, I am the master, I've got authority over that, I can raise somebody back to life. It's not restricted by law because it's healed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, a provider. I think the Sabbath thing as well is really important because it was trying to show that, you know, for the people of the day, for the Jews, it was, you know, God does, um, you know, you can't do anything on Sabbath, only God could change that. And for Jesus to say, actually, no, I can do this on the Sabbath, he's establishing himself as, you know, I'm God. It's like the, um, the idea of God forgiving, uh, Jesus forgiving sins, isn't it? No one had the power to forgive sin, only God. So when Jesus heals and says, your sins are forgiven, he's establishing, and they're going, oh, but only God can do that. Yeah, only God can do that, and that's why Jesus is God. Um, okay, so I've got some of the things to you. Uh, I just, sorry, that's a lot <laughs> to take in. Um, but yes, same sort of things. Jesus as provider, Lord overall, there's no restriction of distance, time, or physical contact. That's what we were just saying before. Um, equality with God, being Lord of the Sabbath. Um, the one about the feeding of 5,000, thought Jesus supersedes, the kind of, if you go back to the Old Testament, the provision there of manna, but Jesus is the bread of life. Authority over nature, being able to walk on the water. Um, the one about the healing of the blind man from birth, just if you look at that in context, the passage before that is about spiritual blindness, about people not recognising Jesus the light of world, so there's like a connection there, I think, between the two things. Um, so Jesus is saying, oh, I'm the light of the world. I can, you know, open, yes, I can open the eyes physically, blind, but spiritually as well. And then Jesus is the resurrection and the life master over death. Yeah, okay. So they've purposely been put in there. Um, John's put them in there for a reason, uh, to show us those different aspects of um, Jesus. So in summary, that's kind of what the Gospels look like. So when we're reading the Gospels, and if if there is a discrepancy, we think there's a discrepancy or something that doesn't match, it's actually because they're choosing to show us and highlight different things and different aspects of Jesus. Um, So you've got a different portrait of Jesus there and a different audience. And then they just put there like the key features of each gospel as well. And I think that's really important when we are reading or we're studying the scriptures that we just have a bit of a basic understanding of that, a bit of knowledge of that, because I think it really helps us um, to be able to see and go, oh yeah, that's there for that reason, or it interests me anyway to think like that. Um, and what I love is that, you know, all those thousands of years ago when these were being written for different audiences and then put together, is actually that's as relevant today, isn't it, now, still, for us, that we can see those different aspects of Jesus and his nature and who he is and who he is for each and every one of us. Um, so I just thought we'd end by doing a little activity. Um, I'd just like just to say all these notes that I've got are, um, I must um, give credit where credit's due, and they're my, they're, most of this stuff is, is from my Bible college days, so it's Keith Warrington's <laughs> notes, um, who has uh, who's helped me with this this evening. Um, but what we used to do a lot of is, is looking at the Gospels and, and comparing the, the, like the same account, but from different ones. So I'm just going to give you, this little sheet here is just for you to take away. This is just a few notes from my PowerPoint about the different Gospels. Okay, so that's just a takeaway sheet. Um, but thought this might be fun to do just to round off the evening by having a little look. Um, this is an account here of Jesus' healings. 
And together again, with the person next to you, you don't mind working with them again, um, with your knowledge, which you may well have had already, but if you've been reminded of the different aspects of like who's been, who uh, each gospel writer is writing for, what they're trying to highlight, as you look through these different accounts, I want you to try and spot and see um, why they're different. Okay, so what is it? What is it about Matthew's gospel, Mark's gospel, and Luke's gospel that they are bringing out different aspects? So, from what we've just spoken about, is there things in there that you can think, oh yeah, that's because Matthew is writing for the Jews, or that's because John is trying to show that. Jesus is the Son of God. So is there anything in there that you can just highlight? You can take this home as well so you can write on this. Anything there that you can say, oh yeah, I've picked that out because that's relevant. So I'll leave that up there so you can see what each gospel writer is trying to show about Jesus, who they're writing for, and that might help us when we're looking at this to think, okay, well why is that there? Or why isn't that there? As well as looking for differences, there might be things in there that you just think, oh yeah, they've kept the same thing in there. It's a similar thing. Um, And that could be for a reason, as well as having the differences in their accounts. Okay, anything in there? In the spot? That we can say, yep, that's because... Yeah. Um, so he's obviously bringing it out to the Jews. Yeah. So he's the only one that does that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bring it back to the prophet Isaiah. So, yeah, Old Testament prophecy there, just straight away connected to the Jews, yeah. They're all different people with different, different, different educations. Yep. They're independent, so they're, you know, they're not just one single doctor. Again, they were useful because then they spoke to the different classes of people. They're bringing different things, aren't they? Because of, um, I mean, I think that's really important when we look at any anything we we read. You will always look at the author yeah. and think about who they were because they're going to bring themselves into what they're writing, yeah. um, whether that's intelligence, experience, whatever it might be. They're going to they're going to bring that to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They're trying to highlight something different, aren't they, to the different audiences? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that you go, oh, yeah, that's. I just think it's interesting that Matthew really cuts out quite a bit of the extra stuff, doesn't he? And just gets to the the fact that this is what happened, and then with the Old Testament prophecy there at the end for the Jewish people. But the other two talk about, I don't know whether to rightly pick up on this or not, but you know how it is um, they brought to him all who were sick and um, all possessed with demons, um, 
and he healed many, and he laid hands on every one. I wonder whether the like Mark and Luke are emphasising a little bit more that idea that this is for everybody. This is like laying on of hands for everyone um, in Luke. And I don't know whether that's a little, little bit of an emphasis there, more so than Matthew's gospel. Um, Yeah. And then at the end of Luke, I just, I just highlighted the fact that um, he, Luke is the one that mentions many of the demons were crying out, you are the son of God. Um, but he rebuked them, were not allowed to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. That's the only gospel that actually talks there about highlighting that fact that they, well, that's what they were saying, you're the son of God, you're the Christ. And if we look at you know, what, what's trying to people different bring out, maybe that's the point as well, I don't know. I'm just thinking that's a little bit of a difference there. Um, again, to the Gentile audience. But no mention of the um, Old Testament scriptures and the other ones. So I think, that's what, I don't, is there anything else? I'm just waffled on there, but it's quite like an interesting little um, task to do. I don't really, I don't probably do this as much as I should kind of compare the three together, but I find it, do find it interesting when I do that um, to have a look. And, um, and I want it to be done by seven, so it's nearly seven now. But I will give you this other one as well. It might be just something that is of interest to you to um, take away and have another look. Uh, this is just one, again, another three different accounts, Matthew, Mark and Luke, when Jesus withdraws from the crowd. Um, and again, you've got that same pattern here of Matthew using the Old Testament scriptures compared to the other two. And just different emphasis on different things depending on whether or you know who they're writing for again and what they want to bring out. Um, Matthew seems to be the one that contrasts more to the other two, sort of leaves out all that information, just cuts right out all of that stuff and just goes to the fulfilment of the Old Testament there, straight at the end. Um, but the others talk about the different, the great multitude of crowds and where they're from, um, and maybe that's important if you're writing for a Gentile audience, that these people gathered from all around, whereas Matthew just doesn't, doesn't put that in here. Um, so, yeah, you can have a take of that and have a little look as well. Um, so that's kind of it. That's where I am with... But um, let me, any, anybody got anything that they want to add or some pearls of wisdom that you could add to the, to the uh, discussion? I was just looking at it as well. That, I mean, if, if three or four of us went down the road and we saw an accident yeah. and we had to write a report on it, it would come out differently. <coughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we would, and that, that's, that's, that's so true. And I think that's why it's so important that we study and look at the Bible together. Because just in that little quick moment there, um, Liz, when you said something about one of the miracles, about what it was, 
And I was like, oh yeah, I hadn't really seen that. And we all see different things as we're reading it. Um, and I think that's really quite exciting that we can all be reading the same scripture but seeing completely different things, different perspectives, which I think is really good as well. Um, and going back to the accident, it's the same accident, it just literally happened, but when you, when you write different accounts of it, yeah. it's the same with this. It, it was the same story, but you have different writers who have written yeah. writing their accounts from it. Yeah. And uh, you say to different audiences as well. Yeah, yeah. So there's so much there, isn't it? Um, like Richard was saying before, not only is it the author's different experience of it and who they are, but what they're trying to achieve <coughs> and the purpose that they've got behind why they're writing and the audience and all of these things which fit together. And I think that's sometimes why people might be outside, look at it sometimes and go, oh yeah, but that doesn't match up with that or that doesn't fit with that. But then it doesn't have to because, like you say, it's showing something different. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Okay. Anything else? Well, that is just like an absolute little whistle-stop tour of the Gospels. I mean, we could spend a whole um, decade just on Matthew, but hey, um, I think I don't think we've got that time. Although I did have eight hours on the mic, didn't I? Eight hours? Yeah. <laughs> so we could stay a bit longer, but <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Good stuff. Okay, we'll take those away and um, have a little look at those and, and hopefully, just, I've just typed up a few notes for you um, just for my PowerPoint so you can have a little look at that as well uh, in your own time. But please, eat up the cake as well. Don't let me take all that home. So, um, Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Eden Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelam.co.uk.